Now I would like to share my testimony with you and the word of God. My life reminds me about Jeremiah. The word today I would like to share with you is about God knows you. God knows you. Amen? Do you believe God knows you? Everybody say, God knows me. God knows me. I mean, God knows you. When do you think God knows you? Or since when do you think God knows you? I mean, before we born. Right? Before we born, God knows me, you. Because this is what the Bible says. Jeremiah, you know, is one of the prophets in the Bible. I would read from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. I will start from verse 4. The book of Jeremiah in Old Testament, chapter 1, verse 4 and onward. This is what the Bible says. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am am only a youth, for to tell to whom I send you, you shall go. For whatever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Amen. So we see here, Jeremiah God reached him in his young age. Many times we wait to serve the Lord. Many times we are ready to serve the Lord, but we want to wait. We say, okay, let me finish this thing. Let me finish that thing. Let me finish my education. When we finish education, then career start. Then we say, okay, let me finish this, these years of my career. Then I will serve the Lord. Right? We keep like waiting and doing different things and say, oh yeah, I want to serve Lord. I want to be missionary. I want to be evangelist. I want to be elder in the church, but this is a responsibility. I don't want to take this responsibility right now. I need time because I have so many other responsibilities in my life. But God reached Jeremiah when he was young. And God spoke to him that I have chosen you 
to be the prophet of the nations. So if you see the life of prophets in the Old Testament, God used prophets to speak to the kings. Right? God gave the word of prophecy. God gave the messages to prophet to take to the kings. That was not easy job. Because in those days, if you take the message to the king, which king don't like, you will be killed. Right? So God gave the messages, tough messages. One story we know in the Old Testament that one prophet went and he was delivering message to the king. King did not like it and he stretched his hand. He said, arrest him. Right? You remember the story. He said, arrest him so he can be killed. What happened to that king? Do you remember? The hand was withered. Got paralyzed. Because God was with him. And when God spoke to Jeremiah that I chose you. Jeremiah, he afraid for his calling. He was not ready and he did not available himself, right? He didn't make himself available to God. And he knows that God is speaking to me. Still he said, no God, I don't want to serve you as a prophet. I don't want to be the prophet of nations because this is a risky job. He knew in his mind. And he put, you know, excuse. He said, God, I am so young. I even don't know what to speak, how to speak. I'm not a wise person. I don't have the experience of my life. Many times that's what we think about. To serve the Lord in different ways. Not only as a pastor. There are so many ways to serve the Lord. And God has called all of us in a different ways to serve the Lord. Not everybody is here to be pastor. Right? Not everybody here to be evangelist. You can be a doctor, you can be a professor, you can be an engineer, you can be working in a factory, you can have any kind of career or job, but still you can serve the Lord. I mean, that's what God wants us. To serve him, to share the gospel with people, to share the good news, the people around us. This is job and duty, obligation to every Christian, I believe. Not to the pastor only. So, he's not ready. We are not ready to serve the Lord in our callings. We have different callings. And every person thinks the calling God is giving is tough. But God said, I will be with you. Jeremiah said the same thing. He said, oh, no, 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 no. It's tough. I can't do it. I'm so young. I can't speak. God said, don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Wherever I will send you, I will be with you. And I will give you the word to speak. I will put the words into your mouth to speak to people. To speak to the kings. To speak to the nations. Because you are prophet for the nation." And we see the more. This reminds me so many other characters in the Bible that God knew them. 
you know Moses, right? He born with a calling in his life to be a leader. God allowed him. And when he was born, Satan knew that. Satan attacked his whole generation. All the people, right? The king started to think that these Israeli people are getting so strong, let's kill their sons. Right? They started killing the sons, but God has a calling in his life, and God saved him because God was with him even when he was not able to speak. I mean, he was not able to speak, but God was with him. His mother held him and said, wow, beautiful child, I don't want him to be killed. Okay, what can I do? She put in a basket and wrapped it and put into the river. A child that cannot speak. And when he put into the river, God was there with him. Because he was chosen before he was born. And I believe the angel was with him. God sent the angel to protect that basket with this small child. And the angel, he pushed the basket and took to the daughter of the king. Amen. And he took to the daughter of that king. And what happened? Now he is in palace. King's house. Because God is with him. When you say yes to God, God is with you. No matter what the situation, no matter what the problem, no matter if you have the resources, the money, the health, whatever you need, it seems you don't have that. But when God calls you and you become available, he provides you. He uses you for his kingdom. So when he uses, that's his job to provide you whatever you need. Saying he needs the protection. This small young child, God protected him, took him to the palace. Now the king's daughter is, you know, bringing him up. And he's getting all kind of education, right? All kind of training. Because even these days in Saudi Arabia, in those countries like Dubai, there are king, right? They have kings. So one of my friends, he told me, that he was working in a company and he has to go to the king to take the sample. And he has to get the training how to represent to the king. He has to go through the tough training even today. So to go in the presence of king in his court was not easy. You have to be trained for that. So God put him in his home to give him training because God had a plan for him to use to talk to the king in future, right? That's why God put him there. And now he's there, got all the trainings and everything. And God was with him all the time we see through his life. Another thing we see like Samson, right? God knew him before he was born. God spoke to his mother, right? God spoke to his mother and told her that you will have a son, 
but never cut his hair. Right? God gave her the instructions because this baby who is coming in your womb, she was not pregnant yet. And God knew that Samson is going to be in this womb. So God spoke to that woman and said, you will have a son and he will be the anointed one. You will not cut his hair and you will not drink the things which have alcohol. So she got instructions because God knew about the birth of that baby who was coming to his womb. And we know the rest of the story, right? God was with him all the time. He sometimes, a part of his life, he was betrayed, right? By the woman. But God still was there. God was protected him all the time. God gave him so much power that he killed thousands of people with the bone. Right? Because God is with you when he calls you. We know that John Baptist, right? God knew before his birth. Right? God spoke to his father. And his father didn't believe that. Right? Because they were so old. But God still had a plan for them. And God said, you will have son. And his name will be John. And he didn't receive the word of God. He didn't accept. He has a doubt according to the situation of his physical health. And his wife's health, right? Sometimes when God gives us the like assignment and God speaks to us, sometimes we don't believe it. Right? Because we see the situation around us. We see our physical uh, situations. Maybe we are so old. Right? Maybe we are weak. We are sick. We are poor. Maybe we think so many different things. We are so busy. But when God brings the message to you, we need to accept it. He didn't accept it and he couldn't speak until he born. Right? So God knew him before. And God had separated him for his calling in his life. And God was with him when he was in jungles. Right? So we know in different stories throughout all this. Joseph we know. Right? Joseph in the Old Testament. He was young when God was showing him what? Dreams. And those dreams were like so big. And the brothers got jealous and they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him because a certain enemy always attack on God's people. He does not want God's plan to be fulfilled on this earth. But when God chose you and he has plan, Satan can try to attack, Satan can make a plan, but God will make those plans zero, fail, cancel for you. In your life. And you will be victorious in Jesus name. Amen. So God gave this you know. Uh, dreams to him. And he was sold by his own brothers. Now he's a slave. Right. Went to Egypt. Then the people who bought him. They sold him again. That's what the Bible says. Right. He was sold two times. Joseph was sold two times. Then he was sold again. And now, we know the story. He's in jail. The plan was to kill him. God saved him. He was sold to the first person, uh, first group. Then he was sold to the other 
uh, person in the Egypt, and now he's in jail. But God still had a plan for him. God's plan didn't change. Our situation can be tough. Our situation can be changed. It can seem to us that, oh, wow, it will never happen. Right? Do you think like uh, David, uh, Joseph in jail could think about those dreams? He would have forgotten, right? About those dreams. But God was still there. His favor was in his, because God had calling in his life before he was born. And we know the rest of the story. He became prime minister of that country, Egypt. A slave person who came into that country became what? Prime minister. Second to the king. Take care of all the, you know, things. How did it happen? Because God had a plan in his life and God knew before he was born. Amen? God knows all of you and God knew about me. God spoke to my mother when she was pregnant about six months and God told my mother, you will have son and give him name Emmanuel. Before my birth, my parents gave this name to me and they dedicated me for the ministry. They dedicated me for the ministry in the country like Pakistan, which is not easy. Even my name was challenged there. Many Christians in Pakistan don't want to tell people that they are Christian because they will be behaved in a different way. They will be behaved, treated in a different way in the market, in the, on jobs area. So people hide their identity as a Christian in Pakistan. And my parents, they're there to give me name Emmanuel, which itself will tell people that he is Christian. They knew the situation. Because many times if you apply for jobs, and the people would see, oh, he's Christian or she's Christian, no job. And giving name Emmanuel, which means Christian clearly, was challenged. But they followed the voice of the Lord and they obeyed it. They gave me this name, dedicated me for the ministry. When I was growing up, they told me that you will be a pastor, evangelist. We have dedicated you for the ministry. And I was, you know, about eight, nine years old, trying to understand little bit things around and man, when my father told me, my mother told me that you will be a pastor, my answer was, I will never be a pastor in my life. As Jeremiah had excuses, I had excuses. As, jo as you know, Moses had excuses, when God mo called Moses, right? God met him in a burning bush, right? God met him in a burning bush. We know the story. I don't want to explain the whole story. And God met him, showed him his glory, and he is amazed. He, this bush is not burning. And he went close, and God spoke to him. God said, take off your shoes. This is my presence. 
and he took off the shoes and God spoke to him and told him his assignment that he was called for. And God told him, go back to Israel and talk to the king and deliver the nation of Israel. Deliver your people from Egypt, right? Was he happy? Oh, wow, God is on my side. I will be victorious, right? Was he happy? God was speaking to him. If God will speak to you today and you know that it is God, will you be happy? Hello? <laughs> These people knew. Jeremiah knew that God is speaking to him. Still he is making excuse. And this Moses knew that God is speaking to him. And he has excuse. He didn't want to go because he knew his life is in danger when he go back. He killed a man over there and ran away, right? He knew his life. If somebody recognized him, he would be killed. He knew that his life is... And he said, no, 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 God, I cannot speak well. Right? God said, I will take care of that too. But you have to go. So we know the story. God met him in a burning bush. All of us, all of us, we have in our life burning bush where we met our God. I mean, and some children, maybe your burning bush is still coming in your life. But you will have your burning bush in your life where God is going to meet you. I mean, because God has chosen you and God knows you before you were born. God loves you so much that he protects you. And he is with you all the time, wherever you go, whatever the situation is, God is taking care of you. And your burning bush is waiting for you, children. And the elders, you already had your burning bush. God met you in your life. That's why you are here today in his presence to worship him to praise him, to say thank you so much. You met in my life in that point. That was my burning bush. I had the same excuses. I said God, to my father, I said, I don't want to be father, pastor. Because, number one, my father as a pastor was a very poor person financially. He was preaching the gospel to these Brooklyn peoples, going to the Brooklyns and preaching the gospel. He was preaching the gospel going village to village on a bicycle. And he had that bicycle about 20 years. One bicycle, same. Couldn't afford to buy another bicycle. When I grown up and got my job, I bought his second bicycle on installment. I couldn't buy even the bicycle for my father. But I bought on installment and gave to him a new bicycle. And he was not able to pay our fee. Many times we didn't know what is going to be cooked tonight. That kind of situation. And if, just think about, if you're a child of pastor like that, and your father is telling you, I want you to be a pastor, will you be happy to be a pastor? Will you be happy to serve the God? The first thing as a child came to my mind, I said, no, 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 no. no. I don't want to be in this situation. 
My father was not able to pay my school fees so many months, so many times. I was insulted in school because the fee was not paid. The situation was totally different. And my father asked me, why do you not to be a pastor? Why don't you want to be pastor? I said, because I don't want in the situation like you. And he told me one thing. He said, you will be a different pastor because God has called you before your birth. God knows you before your birth and he has uh, separated you for the calling. And I told them, I said, no. I was not believing because of the circumstances around me. Because of the situations around me was more bigger than I could believe. I said, how I can be a different? And he just gave me the word. And he said, you will be preaching the gospel around the world. And that was kind of to me, wow, big lie. Right? How can I preach the gospel around the world? The father cannot send me to school. To me as a child, it was a big lie. But God was speaking to me still through my father. And was telling me his plan, which I was not accepting. I was saying, no, 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 no. I can't do it. And you know, the time came. God met me in the burning bush. My burning bush was, the time is over. So I'm going to like wrap up. So my burning bush was in my home. One night we had a prayer meeting. I'm making very short things. My elder sister, she became paralyzed. The doctor said she will never walk in her life. She will die with paralyzed legs. And one night in home, we had a prayer meeting. I was sitting next to my sister, and we worshiped a couple of songs. Then the teaching, Bible teaching, was about 15 minutes on eternal life. That 15-minute Bible study or teaching changed my life. And when I heard about eternal life, I realized that I am losing my eternal life. Because at that point, I was in college, and I was speaking in different mosques on Islam. That reminds me back to the Moses' life. God took Moses to the king's home and taught him everything he needed in future, Right? God allowed me in my young age to speak in the mosque on Islam. I was preaching on Islam, how wonderful Islam is. In different mosques, in my young age, in my college. And that was dangerous. Because the Muslims were expecting me to become a Muslim. And I was a confused young man about my faith. As I was sharing yesterday, today, the Muslims, they were telling me, my friends, that you are infidel because you believe Jesus is the son of God and God doesn't need a son. And you believe the wrong book, the Bible. And in school, college, and university, every day, imams comes to teach us Islam. So what is going to affect your mind more? The thing you are learning every day in school, Right? So I had so much confusion between these two theories of Quran and the Bible. 
and I was confused. So I started with the encouragement of my imam teachers from school. They opened door for me to speak in their mosque because I was a good speaker in my school. So they took me to their mosque, then the others, then the others. So I started to speak in different mosques. And my father was so angry at me. And the Muslims were expecting I will be Muslim one day. And God met me in my burning bush at my home. We prayed. And when I learned about eternal life, I knew what I was doing. I understood that I am losing my eternal life. And I prayed there. I said, God, I don't want to lose my eternal life. Give me some years, three or four years. I will give my life to you after three or four years. I was making deal with God. And when I was making deal and asking God, give me more time, I was crying. The things were going on. We started prayer, all of us. We were about 13 people. We, are, we were six brothers and sisters. My father, mother, eight family members. And we had two guests at home and three neighbors came, Christian families, to join in the prayer. In that prayer became my burning bush. When we started prayer, I was sitting next to my sister. And in my like, body, I felt the waves going on, like electricity waves in my whole body. And something inside me forced me to touch my sister's legs and hold her hand and tell her to stand up. Everybody was closing eyes and praying. And I was not saved, right? I was not any evangelist. I was not any pastor. God can use you in any situation for his glory. We are just a vessel in his hand, a tool. So I hold my sister's hand. I was telling her to stand up and she hesitated. She said, no, 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 I can't do it. Finally, she stood up. I hold her hand and start walking. We didn't realize until she took a couple of, you know, steps. And we both realized that she's walking. The doctor said she will never walk. And we both start screaming. We screamed. We cry loudly, and everybody opens eyes. What happened? They saw her walking. Everybody started screaming, praising God. You know, God convinced Moses, right? God convinced Moses in the burning bush with miracles, right? Different miracles. God convinced me in my burning bush at my home with this miracle. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ. But then Muslims, they were after me. I was still confused in my, you know, uh, mind about faith and things. It took more time. I started reading more about both sides, Bible, Quran, all those things. It took me a long time to figure out how I can answer my Muslim friends. I started praying, God, give me wisdom. All this teaching of 30 hours took about 20 years, plus 20 years, to put together with my research and reading on both sides. I'm still reading so many books on both sides. 
I always try to buy Islamic books and read them, and then Christian books and Bible, of course. This is how I'm learning because God had the planning in my life to use me to reach back to Muslim and to train believers how to reach Muslims, which is not an easy job. But God trained me like Moses, putting me among Muslims, allowing me to preach the uh, Quran in the mosque, and then put me in dangers. Five times I was attacked and beaten in Pakistan because of my ministry and because of being a Christian. I wish I would have those, that time to share those stories of my life, how I was beaten, how I prayed for those people. Then God gave us the opportunity to come to USA, to put asylum here. And now we are going back to Pakistan. It's still not easy. But we are ready. And God told me, I was, last thing, I want to wrap it. And last thing is this, like when I came here, I was like having dreaming every week, two or three times that I'm preaching back in Pakistan. And I put asylum. I knew like I have beaten there, my life can be in danger. And I said, God, why am I having these dreams every week? God said, go and read the book of Acts once again. I said, okay. I started reading the book of Acts. And God showed me there, there was a time when Paul was preaching and he has to left the, leave the place, run away to save his life, right? Last two chapters when you read, he is going back and the prophet came and he is prophesying that this person will be killed or put into jail and he will be murdered. What did he say? I am going still. Right? He said, I'm still going because God wants me to go. Then God told me, this is what I want you to think about. I was in a conference on Friday in a uh, Dayton, Ohio, there was a conference, and I was there. The main speaker, he was preaching, and he said, I don't do these things. He said, this is not my calling. I'm not a prophet. And he never knew me. This is the first time I went there, and he was the speaker. And he said, I want. The pastor just introduced me to him and him to me. And he said, I want Emmanuel to come. God is giving me some words for him. He put his hand on me and he said that I see you have so many enemies around you. Sometime even God will show you the weapons and the plans which is against you. But don't be afraid. I am with you. Just two days before I had that words. And he never knew me. He didn't know about my life. He didn't know anything. And he was saying, God is with you. He will protect you. He will give you the wisdom and the words to protect you everywhere you go. And our main focus is dangerous places. Muslim countries, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, biggest country in the world, Islamic country. You saw some pictures. I was there last year, Indonesia, Pakistan. We are chosen for that. Now I understand. I have to follow my call. Like Jeremiah, God has promised with me. He will protect me until he wants. He will save me and give me life until he wants to use me. 
So I am here to ready. But I need your prayers. I need your financial support to stand up. Me and my wife, we are full-time missionary. We have no regular pay, no regular check coming up. We need partners, churches to stand with us. All these things need financial support. You understand that. So may the Lord bless you. Thank you so much, Pastor. You have a wonderful, blessed day. I will pray for you so we can be dismissed. Pastor told me already that pray. Maybe he knew that I will take a little more time. <laughs> Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for this time once again in your presence. Thank you, the words you gave to me to speak to your people, God. I believe, God, you have touched people's life. You have spoken to them, Lord. I believe, God, you spoke to them. They are chosen one, and you knew each one of them before even they were born, and you have calling in their life, God. I pray for all of them to accept their calling in their life, God. To say yes to you and to be available, I pray that they can stop making excuses to serve you, Lord. Like me, God, it took a long time. But God, I'm here in your presence now. I don't want to make excuses, God. Maybe it's taking time in their lives to follow their callings, to obey the callings. But God, help them more. Use them for your kingdom, Lord. Thank you so much for this church. Thank you so much for the pastor and the leaders and the families of the church, Lord. They have given me and my wife this wonderful opportunity. It's a great privilege for us, God, in your presence to preach the gospel, to share the testimonies with your people, to help them to be more strong in their faith. Thank you for using us for your kingdom and using us today in this church for your people, God. Thank you so much. I pray, God, for each of one of these people, God, bless them, sanctify them with the blood of Jesus Christ, God, and with the love of the Holy Spirit, and God, your grace be upon them, and I, God, release them in peace and grace and love for the rest of the day and the rest of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.